the worship. Last week I talked about making things common or uncommon and how we're supposed to be set aside by God. I have no idea where I'm going to end up at, Greg. <laughs> uh, how, how we can't make God... Worship is to make God uncommon, not common. And I talked about using the Lord's name in vain, which is not just using Him as a swear word like almost everybody in the United States at least does. I've even heard it from the pulpit, His name used improperly. And I've heard it from, you know, it's not just that. The Lord's name in vain it would be us also acting in such a way that, bring, that doesn't bring people to God, but drives them away from God. Like when I grew up in the 70s, it was if you had long hair, you were going to be in trouble. You know, I guess my backgrounds didn't make it either, huh? I can see. Okay, they look good yeah. back there. Yeah. Remember my prayer about, you know, whatever surprises God, just keep making yourself known. This is where we're at right now. Oh, they probably took that one off. Yeah, and, and that was, um, remember, I talked about Samson a little bit too last week. So we're going to jump way ahead um, to Romans 12, 1 and 2, Greg. There's Jan and Neil up in the corner. And we're going, I'm going to finish talking about worship and how worship is more than just what we do on Sunday mornings. Romans 12, 1 and 2, if you turn to your Bibles, you can read it in your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, there's probably one under the seat in front of you. I have it right here on my tablet. But, but Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Greg, if none of them show up, I'm okay. Okay? And, and did you hear that in, in the first one? In verse 1? In view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Worship is more than just singing songs. And, you know, in your bulletin, just to remind you, there's a spot where you can take notes and write the scripture down. Do that so that you can, can, oh, there you go. And that's why we paid Greg the big bucks. He can make it work. So the next scripture is, oh, click me farther ahead if you would. Pat, these were slides from, from two weeks ago that I was going to use to remind us of everything. And then I just got ahead of them. Okay. So the next scripture is Philippians. Right there. 
Isn't that pretty? That picture was taken um, on the other side of Unity on Monday morning as I was driving down the road. Um, The sun got behind some clouds, and it just looks great, doesn't it? So I took it. Uh, Philippians 2, 12 and 13 says, Dear brothers, I have it up there. You always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. And this is Paul talking to the, the church in Philippi. You've always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Another version says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Remember, Jesus came to die on the cross for our sins. He came to salvage us. He came to save us. The salvage part is he puts us back together the way he wants us to be. He salvages us. You can see an old beat-up pickup or car. I saw one just yesterday go down the road on a trailer. It was being salvaged. In a year or 20 years, however long it takes a guy to do it, it will be running and look good. And God came to salvage us, to save us. And we have to work it out with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. We have the desire to do what's right. We have the power to do what's right. If He calls us to be a missionary someplace, we have the desire and the power But if we never go do it, we never do it. And so he works in us to have the desire and the the power to do it. So we have to do it. And that's what worship is. Worship is living, acting, thinking in a way that brings honor to God. Worship is living, acting, thinking in a way that brings honor to God. It's not what we like. It's what we do. Worship isn't just singing some songs that we like. Worship is what we do. It's what we do. And I hope by the time I'm done, we'll understand that. Look at Numbers. 1823. I'm going to help us understand what worship is. Here's what it says It's the Levites who are to do the work at the tent of meeting and bear the responsibilities of any offenses that they commit against it. Did you see that? It's the Levites who are to do the work at the temple of meeting and bear the responsibility for any offenses they commit against it. Check this word out. Work. You saw it there, right? In the the scripture. Not there. Anyway, the word work. It is the Levites who are to do the work at the temple. That's a Hebrew word. Abad. A-B-A-D is the Hebrew word for work. Right there. 
the definition of a bad is this. To work, to serve. That's the easy definition. But let me give you some more. Be a slave, bondage, burdened, uh, cultivate, cultivated, cultivates, do, do the work, enslave, and you get to the end of it, and it says worship. A bad is defined as worship. When they translated the Bible into English, they chose the word work. But it's the Levites who are supposed to do the worship at the tent of the meeting and are responsible for the sins committed against it. And so when we read through the Bible, the Levites' work is they did sacrifices, they guarded the temple, they collected um, the offerings that were given, they, they sprinkled the blood, they did you know, everything at church. And what was their purpose of doing that? So that all of Israel could worship. But their act of worship was doing these things. Do you know what my act of worship on Sunday mornings is? Besides, I make the coffee, and I'm sorry. I'll apologize now. I'm the one that makes the coffee. I don't drink it. I never know if it tastes good or bad. I just put some in there. So if you want that to become your part of worship, just let me know, and I'll stop doing it. (laughs) But also part of my worship and my work is to present the sermon... But it's also during the week my worship is I'm praying, I'm reading the Bible, I'm calling on the sick. When I know that they're sick, I reach out to people that haven't been around for a while. Uh, I help you help people. And the list goes on and on and on. That's my worship. That's what you hired me for. And also the one that can get in trouble when it doesn't go right. That's part of my job too, part of my worship. Your worship is what? Some of you teach Sunday school. Your worship is the tithes and offerings that you give. Your worship is, is the praying with people. Your worship is going and visiting the sick. Your worship is inviting people to come to meet Jesus. That's your worship. And if we don't do that, and these people that stand up here, They sing and play things. And part of Greg's worship is sitting down there and fixing whatever I put on the projector so that it works. And Pastor Catlin's worship is is being with the kids. And it goes on and on. And we all do these things so that people can focus on God. And we're doing those things to focus on God. And there are things that you do I never know about. And there are things that I do that you never know about. And there are things that each other does for God that, that is never known. But it, it enables us to reach up to God. So worship is not just singing. It's the way we live. That's what worship is. Singing is another way of communicating our love for God. I was told a long time ago that somebody that sings and prays, prays twice. And it's really true. And some people can sing really well, 
And some people can sing really well in a closed car where nobody else can hear them. But it does, and, and we see in the Psalms and, and through the Bible that we're supposed to come into his presence with singing. But that's just a part of it. The rest of it is the way we live. And we all have a part in enabling the worship. And sometimes we don't necessarily like that part. Because, for whatever reason, it's not glorified. You know, it's not mentioned much. Like, how often do we thank Keely for cleaning the church? Almost never. But yet, she does a good job so that we can worship. And thanks, Keely, for doing that. And sometimes we don't necessarily like the, the music that's being sung. That's okay. If it's honoring to God, it's okay. You know, maybe we don't like choruses. But that's okay. Maybe we don't like hymns. That's okay too. It's not about the chorus or the hymn. It's about who the the music's written to. And, and so we have the opportunity to lift the person next to us up by the way we do that. Because in 1 Corinthians, hey, we get there this time, that was taken Friday night in the dark. And that's some of the boys, and you can see Tammy. I guess I did put a picture of Tammy up. But it wasn't with a spider on her head, so we're okay. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 20. And I didn't put it all up there because I just want to give you the overview. Because verse 12 says, Just as a body, though one has many parts, all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We all have different abilities. And we all have different purposes. Not everybody gets to be up here as the pastor, I call it prophesying because prophesying is proclaiming the word of God. Not everybody gets to do that. Can you imagine all of you standing up here at the same time trying to preach to everybody? We don't all get to do that. But some things that, that we have been called to do, if we didn't do them like Friday night, if we didn't do those, if you guys didn't do what you did, Friday night would have never happened. And there wouldn't have been kids there that got to realize the Church of the Nazarene does like them and care about them. There was no devotions Friday night. We prayed for it beforehand. And the reason there was no devotions is because sometimes you've got to get to know them before you start preaching at them. And they got to get to know you too. And so we all have a responsibility. An example I haven't used here, so I can use it. Uh, in one of my youth groups, I had a kid. He was big and tough. He was a bodybuilder. Okay, he wasn't big. He was short. But he was tough. He was a bodybuilder. A- at 16, he's in bodybuilding competitions. He went to Alaska and was helping take a canopy off a pickup. And he broke the, the tip of, I think it was either this finger or his pinky finger. 
and the bone came out out of the nail right there. He came back, and he starts telling me how tough it is. He goes, when I walk, it hurts because I swing my hand and it hurts. When I run, it hurts. I can't lift weights because it hurts. I can't do anything. His mommy had to cut his meat for him. And, you know, think about how that compares to us. I know he wasn't that tough. But think about how that compares to our body. If one little part is broken, the whole body's handicapped. If one little part has disappeared or chosen not to be a part, the whole body's handicapped. We all have a responsibility to the body of Christ. And the way we do that work is our worship. The way we do that is our worship. So I'm going to jump ahead past all the scripture. Greg, if you can take it to what is the purpose of the body? That's that's the end? Okay. It is there? Okay, we'll find out. There's four things. The purpose of the body is to honor God. The purpose of the body is to build each other up. The purpose of the body is to show others God. And the purpose of the body is to unite us in worship of God. And we have the video that we didn't have earlier, but like I said, Greg's job, his worship is to make me look good. Um, A video.
One. Did you see, did you hear him say there's between three and 500 people on each team? Did you notice that almost all of them are the base? And can you imagine sending your four-year-old 15 meters in the air? But when they work together, it works. That's what, that's what worship is. When we work together, it works. And some of us are just the base. But some of us are that little kid standing on the top, raising her hand like this to make it taller. That's the purpose of the body. That's what worship is about. Working together. And it might collapse, but like he said, you still have to do your part and somebody might pass out. And as packed together as that crowd was, you probably didn't know they passed out anyway. They couldn't fall down. And he said, you heard him say, I can't explain it. You just have to be. That's where we need to be. Our worship needs to be that. We need to be that. Our worship is working for the Lord. And it has to come out to Mark 12, 29 to 31. The most important one when Jesus was asked what's the important, most important command is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You have to know there's only one God. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. That's worship. Love God with everything you feel, you are, you think, and you do. And love your neighbors yourself. That's worship. And when we all do our part to that, people see God. And we lift each other up. And we get that tower built 45 meters in the air. Okay, 15 meters in the air. Got excited there. That's, that's, by the way, over 45 feet in the air. So it would be taller than any building except a granary in Grant County. That's what worship is. That's what God's called us to do. That's what revealing God to each other is. That we help each other out, we do our part. You don't know what your part is, come and talk to me. I've got a list of things that you can try out. But the things that you can do without knowing exactly what your part is, you can pray, you can participate wholeheartedly, you can pay your tithes and offerings, and you can say yes. Just like the, the tetter said last week, yes. Just say yes and see what God has for you. And see what he has to offer. So worship is to lift each other up to God and to lift God up onto the pedestal where he's supposed to be. That's what worship is. All eyes focused on God and pulling other people along and lifting other people up. That's what we're called here for. And this morning we're going to have communion as part of our worship. 
But before we get to communion, the praise team is going to come and sing a song. You can sing along with them. But you can, you can also just listen to the song and make this song your prayer. Because it's a good prayer. stripped away and I simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within, though the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. King of endless worth, no one could express. How much you deserve Though I'm weak and poor All I have is yours Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required you search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart I'm coming back to the heart of worship And it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made it when it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that we can worship you. And I thank you, Lord, for reminding us that it is all about you. 
And thank you for reminding us, Lord, even though it's not translated as worship, that what we do is our worship for you. Help us to live in such a way that you are honored and glorified. And Lord, please forgive us when we haven't done what you've called us to do, when we haven't made it about you. Forgive us, Lord, for the unintentional. And Lord, help us to see you and to worship you and let our actions reflect that in our thoughts and our attitudes. Thank you. We love you, Lord. May you be honored. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As ushers come forward and we pass out the communion elements, just take them and hold them. Just take them and hold on to them until everybody has one. There'll be a song being sung. You just grab the top one and all. There'll be a song being sung. You can sing the song. You just grab the top one and all. Take it on down. There's a song being sung. You can sing, but be talking to God too. About is my life a worship for you? He was more than willing to give his life for us. Are you more than willing to give your life for him? Is my heart, Lord? Is my heart, Lord? Is my heart, Lord? Speak what is true. Am you bound? I am yours. I am loved. I may pure, I have life, I can breathe, I am healed, I am free, is my heart, Lord, is my heart.
speak what is true. Here's my life, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Speak what is true. true, isn't it? So true. Jesus said, no greater love than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ultimate act of worship. He said that before he laid down his life for his friends. You and me. And we take communion to honor that and remind ourselves what God has done for us. 
but it's also an opportunity for us to recommit and line our life back up so that we're worshiping God wholeheartedly. And the two songs that we sang before the communion is being passed out and while it's being passed out really were prayers pointing to that, weren't they? Here's my life, Lord. And so at the Last Supper, when Jesus passed the bread around, they didn't catch on, I'm pretty sure, what he was doing. Even when he said, this is my body that's broken for you, they hadn't caught on. But it was purely an act of worship to God that he was doing that. Purely an act of worship so that we could have a relationship again. And so as you take this bread and eat it, it, just say, you don't have to say it out loud, but just say, here's my life, Lord. Thank you for yours. Let's take and eat it. Here's my life, Lord. Thank you for yours. And then later he passed around the goblet. And he said as he was passing around, take and drink this. And every time that you drink this, remember that this is my blood that was shed for you. Because it's through the shedding of sins. So try that again. It's the shedding of blood that sins are forgiven. Thanks to Adam and Eve way back in the garden. And he came and paid for our sins once and for all. The good news is we just have to accept that so that we can have peace with God again. So as you take and drink this, thank him for being willing to sacrifice for you before you were even thought of by anybody but God and willing to forgive you of your sins and take that gift and give him your life. Even if you've already done it, it doesn't hurt to say again, take my life, Lord. And thank him. Take and drink and give your life to him and thank him. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for all the ways that you work so that you are visible to us. And thank you for calling our name and drawing us to you. Thank you for creation that displays you. Thank you for dying on the cross and coming back to life again. Thank you, Jesus, for living here for 33 years to show us who God really is. And Lord, I ask that you help us as a body to worship you wholeheartedly. Help us to learn what that is and to be that. Help us to work in your presence. Help us to know and desire and have the strength to do the work that you've called us to do. We love you, Lord. Please let your light shine through us as we leave and as we go about this week. And especially, Lord, 
be in the, not just the things we do, but be with the guys tomorrow as we eat and fellowship and hear about you. Be with us in the small groups and Bible studies. Please let your words be spoken and your presence be known. And be with us on Wednesday night, passing out candy. Help us to love as passionately as you do, Lord. And help us to have the same names as you. Help our church to become known as a friend to sinners. And help our church to become known as the children of God. And help our church to become known as a place where you can find peace and grace. And the presence of Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Come back this evening, hear the second story about what's going on in South Asia. Have a good afternoon, but live for God in all that you do. And thank you very much for being here.